Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Go Steelers! Steelers Outpost Podcast, July 1st, 2018, episode 45, almost at the half century mark, and we will make it. This is Tom from the Washington, D.C. Outpost, joined by Nick from the Houston Outpost, and today is our big anniversary show. That's right. Do you know what the anniversary is? Oh, I was going to shout it out. I'm surprised you beat me to the punch. I was trying to wish a happy anniversary to you and your stunning, talented Gorgeous wife, 29 years undefeated. Hopefully the Steelers can have such a run. Yes, and I am not worthy. I appreciate my my bride of 29 years, Vilma, has been quite patient and quite a fan of the show. Quite an occasional listener, too, but she knows what's going on. We ended up a couple of things this weekend. Le'Veon gives us a little fuel for the cannon. (laughs) Le'Veon thinks he's going to get – he's closer. I, let me not misquote or add fuel to the fire, but he thinks he's closer to a contract than he was last year. And la, that's sort of like a little bit of um, – we didn't get there last year, so I don't know how yeah. close matters. But in an interview on the NFL Network's top 100 broadcast, he said he's closer to an extension than last offseason. Yeah, I think, think that um, – I No, I am foolishly – praying that they still get the extension done despite um, almost near certainty that it won't happen just from a numerical standpoint, just kind of what all uh, just what the nation is really thinking with them. But I, I don't know. I'm still holding out hope, which is maybe stupid because I'm just letting myself get disappointed at the end here. I hope he gets it as far as being farther along. Uh, Sure, I, I could see them being a little bit farther, maybe them budging, getting a little bit of higher number. Obviously, the number is going to be higher anyways, just because the franchise tag number is higher this year, and that's usually going to be the floor for a negotiation. His franchise tag last year was $12.5 million. It's $14.5 million. I would imagine that's where the deal is being looked at right now. But I, I'm, I'm wondering if he's just doing some political maneuvering here since – kind of pissed off a lot of people over the summer with all the contract stuff and maybe he's just trying to make it look like hey they were closer but they didn't get there i don't know how that helps him i mean none of that really affects the contract it's between him and the organization i like the uh what i found interesting was the quote when you're not he there in camp minicamp or otas and things like that they find different rhythms with different backs in there whatever player they put in that spot i would be in i've got to find a way to get back quicker not sure that might be a little um crap lost the word gratuitous well, I, 
Yeah. What does it mean? Does it? He's not going to sign a contract just to get back in there quicker. But I no, wonder I think if time has sort of uh, time has sort of incubated a bit, and he's starting to think like, I'm not going to get sixteen million dollars next year. Maybe. And it's a better it's a better bet to go with a team with a Super Bowl window. So I, I am actually a little more optimistic about him signing a contract, believe it or not. Uh, to me, it's maybe not so much about him wondering if he's going to get $16 million or not, because I just think there's like a Miami Dolphins out there or a, you know, New York Jets who will have the money and they'll pay it for him simply because he's a great player and he's, they're gonna, he's going to put you know, butts in seats when it comes for ticket time. All right. But maybe yeah. I do agree with what you're saying in the sense of the clock is ticking like, dude, you're going to roll the dice again. Last year was your first year in your whole career without being hurt. You think it's going to happen again this year? Because if he gets hurt at any point during the season, really, for any extended amount of time or at the end of the season, his value is going to go down. So maybe he can see a $14.5 million contract and realize an extra $2, 3000000 million isn't going to be worth it. So, yeah, I agree with what you're saying, but maybe he is sort of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here and, and realizing this might be his best stop. So what gives me pause is the last tweet I saw from him apropos of this subject i let me see if i can translate this i got to get the money yeah ain't got time to be wasting so time yeah i think that's where his heart lies gotta get the money well he's getting money anyways but i guess what i meant before when i said political maneuvering i really meant more pr i think that he doesn't like when people are upset with him he says a lot he talks a lot about that this offseason and different raps and everything like that people putting a target on his back making him look like a villain and maybe he's trying to shift the narrative um and make people not as mad at him by creating a scenario where it looks like they were close but the Steelers didn't what's push the, the ball what's the date? over the goal line sorry uh, i can't remember the date. it's in like two weeks mid-july it's, it's yeah. approaching fast yeah anyways i'm gonna apologize if there's any ambient noise that is because the local golf country club is shooting up its fireworks several days early in anticipation of independence mm. day wow i feel the command center rumbling well i bet our listeners are rumbling with anticipation for this next segment all right well as last week we talked about our opinions about the greatest Steeler running backs this week we're going to talk about the greatest Steelers wide receivers have you seen any uh lists from our our people at Steelers wire yeah, they put a list out. I don't remember exactly what they what they. I, I remember who they had it at number one and number two, which was uh, once again wrong. But it was a great list where they gave great descriptions of the players. I like that. Yeah, but I don't have the list on me. I just know that they put Heinz uh, Ward as number one and Antonio Brown as number two. So I did spend time this afternoon sifting through the statistics, and the truth is. There's so many variables involved, as there is with every position. How do you know who the top five is? But I think the Steelers just have enough data. You know, there's a sense. You could just throw out throw out names and, you know, not be any more right or wrong than somebody else. You know, the variabilities with speed, you know, like, are they getting passed to? That's a big deal. Um, whether or not there are a lot of passes per game, and the game has changed, but the analysis... Yeah, or do they have another another player on there who's sucking catches from them or something like that we know that there's moving targets sometimes as far as this goes with judging players uh from different teams or different eras yeah so let's 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 look at heinz ward the most obvious guy to look at well one of the most obvious guys to look at he put up crazy numbers a thousand receptions twelve thousand yards 
but he did that over 14 years. You can't overlook the fact that he's pretty durable. I mean, the hits these guys take and the game that he yeah. played was kind of old school. I mean, what didn't show up in the statistics was his tenacity and the work he did off ball. I mean, he he was he was responsible for a lot of yards that he didn't himself gain just because of his his um, desire to stay in the play and spring guys loose. Yeah. Enormous part of that team. That's a weapon that the Steelers had that only a few other people had. And they had to make a rule to prevent Heinz Ward from dominating and being hated so much called the Heinz Ward rule, which is basically trying to eliminate a crackback, which is sort of what Juju did on Vontae's Perfect, carrying the tradition on in glorious fashion, might I add. But, um, you know, that was a huge part of the Steelers' offense, getting Heinz Ward to hit that crackback. So, uh, that's just a little example of, of different things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Or another thing that doesn't really show up on the stat sheet is what kind of stress does a wide receiver put on a defense? Like Martavis Bryant, you know, being there for AB, you can't possibly, you know, before this last year when Martavis was a little bit down, you couldn't possibly um, double cover AB on every play because Martavis Bryant is going to beat anybody in the whole league deep. So that opened a lot for him. But anyways, you guys get the point. So we both put up our, our top five. We have three out of five overlap with two, uh, two differences. So I don't know how you want to go about this. Do you want me to sort of roll mine out there? Why don't I roll mine out there? And then quite you roll yours out there. Now, well, you were, trying to, you were trying to throw some teasers my way before this episode about some sort of bombshell dropping. So I'm going to let you – I'm going to wait for that because if you right, – because I don't have right. a bombshell. I just have facts, Okay. All right. Or impressions. Okay, go for it. Yeah. So why don't you pull that list back up there? So I, oh, actually, yeah, I guess I don't want to see yours. Okay. Number one wide receiver of all time. This is, we won't even discuss this. There's nothing to say. It's Antonio Brown, who's on his way to being easily one of the greatest receivers in the history of the NFL. If not, maybe the greatest. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Number two. Steelers superhero, Heinz Ward. Heinz, there's not a lot to, not a lot left to stay with him either. The heartbeat of a team, played with some pretty crappy quarterbacks for a while until he got together with Ben. Number two on the list is Steelers superhero, Heinz Ward. The aforementioned Heinz Ward, a model of consistency, um, big plays and big games, has a Super Bowl MVP to his name, and just a very unique player in history and pretty much the heartbeat of the Steelers team for quite some time. Number three is the real workhouse, the slightly less famous of the iconic duo of the 70s, but John Stallworth. He was the guy that was really moving the chains a lot, and obviously he was a huge burner as well. Number four, I wouldn't call this guy a wild card, but he toiled for the Steel Men with not a lot going on around him. Lewis Lips. And he was a prolific wide receiver for the Steelers. But my biggest reason for him edging out some certain guys on this list is he did it without great offensive players around him. No really super – there were decent skill, skill position players around him at the time, but definitely no quarterbacks to speak of. And the rest of these guys all played with Ben or Terry. So number five on my list, and I had a couple different guys vying for this, some modern Steelers who were real game breakers, but honestly, you can't overthink this one. It's Lynn Swan, as he was the original big play wide receiver of the NFL and of the Steelmen. I call him 
the godfather of the Steelers' ex-receivers. Okay, so basically the Steelers like to have a guy who can make a lot of catches, and then they like to have another guy who just makes big plays. Martavis Bryant, Mike Wallace, even Sammy Coates for a minute there. Um, Washington is supposed to be brought on for that same reason, although hopefully it looks like he has a little bit of a wider skill set. Lynn Swan, the guy made big plays downfield. He invented the big plays. So that's my top five. A.B., Hines, Stallworth, Lips, Swan. What you got? Well, I won't say totally wrong because we do have a little overlap. There's no doubt Antonio Brown tops the list, and my dispute is with Steelers Wire. We love these guys. They put provocative lists like this out because they're generally wrong, although they have great supporting information. It's interesting because why uh, why Heinz Ward? He has he has ridiculous statistics compared to everybody else. He's a thousand yards receiving, twelve thousand. They put Heinz first. They put Heinz first. A thousand receptions, twelve thousand yards receiving, but he played for fourteen seasons. Antonio's. Antonio has eight number eight seasons under his belt. His projected number of yards, according to my calculus, he would if he could play 14 season at this pace, he would have 17,000 yards. He's just totally outpacing Hines at that point. What you don't yeah, account not in the for, same class. What you don't account for is the fact that Hines was a multi-faceted player, like we were saying before. We'll come back. He was a blocker. He uh, yeah. I, he just had had more impact on the game than statistics show. My first is Antonio Brown. I'm going to skip my yeah. number two because this is my X factor. This is going to blow everybody away. This is going to surprise okay. everybody. It's going to turn everybody's mind, going to put us back to money ball. My number three is Heinz Ward. If you look at the statistics, Heinz is um, as a one of the higher receptions per game at 4.61. And uh, you, you can't argue with his durability. He actually has the most touchdowns of a Steeler receiver at 85. Again, you have to have to look at 14 seasons, but a guy goes 14 seasons as a wide receiver. Your job is to expose yourself to rib-crushing tackles. So I give that to him. From an effectiveness standpoint, he's in second place. One little interjection regarding Hines, too, because I agree with everything you're saying. Hines also was a bona fide number one wide receiver. He was never really a top five guy in the league, but he was a real number one. You could count on him to make a lot of catches. You could count on him to score touchdowns. You could count on him in big in big games. We like to talk about his blocking. Everybody does when they talk about receivers, but he was a well-rounded guy who could catch the ball and make big plays and run after the catch, too. So I think he's underrated in those regards. All right, so I'm as you were. Skip my skip my number two. Heinz Ward is my number three. Mike Wallace is my number three, and the reason Mike Wallace is yeah. my number three is I looked at touchdowns per game. Mike Wallace was the number two in terms of touchdown per game behind my X Factor guy. So he was also number three in yards per game. If you look at his numbers, he had um, four thousand yards, great for the time he was with the Steelers. But he had 64 yards a game, ranked a pretty high, and a half a touchdown a game. So Mike Wallace, number four. And finally, we do have agreement. John Stallworth, again, a guy with product 14 seasons, 8,700 yards. He didn't lead really many categories, but I've got to just give credit for a guy who lasted that long and was that prolific. So 63 touchdowns, by the way, in that time. I So... 
I really regret not having Lin Swan on this list because he, yeah. he's just, you know, he's the guy you think of, right? As a Steeler. I yeah. mean, Antonio may have displaced him for the younger generation, but from my generation, yeah, yeah. Lin Swan was the man. Stallworth outlasted him. Stallworth had better stats, but nobody was the, um, the help me. It's icon- iconic. Yeah, he's iconic not only an iconic Steeler, but he's like the original great beloved wide receiver. And those other guys, you know, Blitnikoff was around there, but Lynn Swan was the guy that made people want to play wide receiver. They replay his Super Bowl catches over and over. So interesting that you left yeah. him off the top five. Yeah. What's the I, reasoning for that? Guy, the guys I'd want on my team from a productivity standpoint, that's all. Yeah, consistency. Over long term. Okay. Yeah, so if Lynn, you just admitted that he's not on your list. So. Yeah. I thought maybe you were going to jump Lynn Swan up to number two because of his iconic stature. But if he's not on there, then who the hell is number two? So as I mentioned, I did this statistical analysis. I went back to 1960, the year of my birth, 1960, before they were helmets. A lot of personal And when they had the the double-ended... the, the, the goal posts were at the back of the end zone. They were two posts. You could knock yourself out on there in any particular play. So my guy Danger is Buddy ball. Dial. Buddy Dial Who? of Rice, Rice <laughs> University. Draft. Yeah. Oh, you guys Apple. are going to all go to YouTube right now. I've got a link up on the website. Buddy Dial. Out of Rice University. Drafted by the Giants. Dropped by the Giants. And fortunately picked up by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Buddy Dial had the number one Yards per reception at 21. 20 yard, 21 yards per reception. Outrageous. He had the number two number of yards per game at 80. And Buddy Dow had the number one touchdowns per game at .67. The next closest guy comes is uh, Antonio and Mike Wallace at .51. So far exceeding both of those guys. And when you see... The video, the interview, mostly you're going to, the first thing you're going to find on YouTube is the songs he sang. For some reason, he uh, turned to some kind of singing career, but he was prolific in his four years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then he went on to Houston, by the way, time to your neck of the woods. He still lives there where he, uh, he's uh, he, now, went, he, he went back there, lived out his years in Houston. Yeah. So I went to college in Houston. Yeah. So my Good top five, hi, uh, my top five is Antonio Brown, Buddy Dial. Heinz Ward, <laughs> Mike Wallace, Buddy and Dad. John Starworth. And again, please check out the vintage tape of Buddy on our website at Steelers. I have to check that out. I do not know much about Buddy Dow. I feel like you educated me and the fan, and hopefully some of the fan base today. I think you're going to enjoy some of the tape. He had some. They're, they're actually. Uh, he had a great. He had Bobby Lane as quarterback, and maybe you did remember. Oh, Lane. yeah, yeah, of course. Quarterback. Surprising that we weren't better at that time. Well. There you go. You have it. I like it. I think that um, one random anecdote. Okay, two two anecdotes. One of them we'll talk about next week. I'm thinking we should have Pat on again to have a discussion about AB. Because I think that it's fair to start putting AB. Hopefully, you know, this season goes the way that AB seasons go. And same for Ben and everybody. Obviously, they um, look codependent there. But... I think it's time that we can start talking about him making a race for the best receiver of all time. Now, 
Jerry Rice's numbers are almost uncatchable. But, you know, a guy like Antonio Brown who takes care of the body the way that he does, it's not that insane. I mean, if he puts up another year like he's done the past four years, then he is blasting up the charts. And I think P. Butch, with his overall NFL knowledge, will be a good guy to have this discussion with. Right, yeah? Well, we know so, how to so that's one thing. We do know how to find him. Number two, real quick, Heinz Ward, I was talking with Uncle Rico today. We were talking about Hall of Fame candidates. And we were talking about the NBA, you know, whether Carmelo's going to go, this or that. We got to talking about Yao Ming and uh, Manu Ginobili and people who, like, wondering, is Manu going to get in there? Is maybe the fact that he is such an international superstar and kind of paved the way for guys like that, is that going to factor into the voting? And it got me thinking, in the NFL, I think they're – I think it would be cool if there were two types of people who got in the Hall of Fame. Number one, people who did dominate on the field, you know, either for an extensive period of time or someone like a Terrell Davis whose career maybe got cut short, but they were inarguably one of the best players at their position for a certain amount of time, you know. Then I think another type of person might be like where you can't tell the story of the NFL without them, like – maybe they were this they would still have to be a really good player but like a michael vick like michael vick is not a hall of fame quarterback from what he accomplished on the field he had some really high highs but he didn't maintain that altitude like some of the other people but heinz ward a lot of us think that he's not going to be able to get into the hall of fame just because the guys that you know he wasn't with marvin harrison and tory holt and those guys of his era and now there's other people behind him with larry fitzgerald and there's even tight ends jason witten all kinds of people whose numbers are going to blow him out of the building. And like you said, we're not going to have context for how valuable he was from a blocking standpoint, a leadership standpoint, and just uh, like a chess piece because he played all over the field. Other teams had to account for him. But I think when you're considered basically unanimously the greatest blocking wide receiver in history, I mean, nobody talks about anybody else. You're either you're okay at blocking as a wide receiver or you're Heinz Ward. I think that alone is almost a reason to put him in. On top of the fact that he was a good player. I don't know. What do you think? I think we're going to find out next we're, week. We're biased. Yeah. We'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about that with Pete Butch. But uh, do you have anything else? I'm, I'm good. I feel like I got some stuff off my chest here. I like my list better. But, buddy, Dial, that's an interesting X Factor. Yeah, glad to have a little little surprise factor for you. And um, we want to thank everybody for joining. Once again, we're striving to make this show as informative and entertaining as possible. And we'd love to hear from you. So please hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Leave us a note on the website at SteelersOutpost.com or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. You should notice a pattern there. So until next week, thanks for listening. Go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.